The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. Hey, Maddie. Hey. Oh, I'm here. Yeah. How's it going? Yeah. Oh, how'd I get here? <laughs> well, you drove. Oh, no. I know I, I walked. Oh. Okay. Walked over here. Well, I had a question. What's your question? Did you go to college? Oh, I went to college. I went to Indiana University. Ah, uh, IU. IU. Did you want to ask me where I went? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, where did you go to college? I went to Grand Valley State University. Where is that? It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, yeah. you know, it's fun to think about school right now. It's September. Yeah, it's back to school time. Back to school time. You know, a lot of our friends have little kids and they're already back in school. But I, a lot of my nieces and nephews right now, and I have many of them, um, they're going to college right now. Yeah. It's crazy. So, let's go ahead and get into episode nine oh my God. of Friday the 13th. Episode nine. Candyman. 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 Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. Hey folks, uh, welcome back to Friday the 13th, the podcast where we delve into horror in real life and horror in media. This is our ninth episode. It's September of 2018, and we're in our back-to-school episode. So we're going to be talking about actually some pretty serious things today, Um, and we'll be talking about sexual assault and rape on college campuses. Um, And then in our horror and media uh, segment, we'll be talking about two films, 
Cry Wolf and Sorority Row. Yeah. So uh, we think we have some pretty good connections here. Mm-hmm. And as always, you know, we'll have some fun segments in between. Um, but, you know, we're going to treat this first segment, uh, you know, our, our, our horror and real life segment with, with a good deal of seriousness because we think it's really serious. And especially, you know, as I said in the opening, you know, I've got nieces and nephews going to college for the first time right now. Pretty bad. And, um, you know, it's something that makes me nervous as their uncle. And it's something, you know, uh, I think as a human, like we should all be be really concerned about because our culture... Um, has a very serious problem happening. Yeah, and I, I think when we are uh, done talking about our main topics here, uh, I got to share with you some of these controversial, are these, um, like, the con- what do you call it when you, people, like, want to read into something? Controversy? No, not controversy. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it. Like hmm. a, never mind. This okay. is dumb. Well, it's okay. I mean, you know, it's... I'm tired. It's well, been a long week. But this is also hard stuff to talk about. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. That's oh, what I was getting to. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. And, you know, because, you know, I think when things get really uncomfortable for humans in general, I think you do one of two things, right? You either laugh mm-hmm. or you try to find, like, some crazy argument about why this thing is happening. Or you cry. Or you cry. You know, like I did yeah. on the elliptical yesterday, finishing The Hunting Ground. The Hunting Ground. And what a film that is. Yeah, it's we, crazy. We, we can talk more about that later when yeah. we talk about what you've been watching. Um, so, um, boy, you know, where to start? Um, there are so many stories of sexual assault and rape um, on college campuses in America. And I think we uh, really had to choose. Can I preface something? Yeah, sure. I think sure. that we also want to kind of preface this episode as like college cover ups. Yeah. Because a lot of this cover-ups. stuff gets covered up by. Yeah. I, th- I yeah. think I think we'll find it in, in each of the stories that we're going to share. And, you know, we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time on each one, but. In each of the stories that we share, we'll find that um, the the common thread be beyond uh, sexual assault um, is uh, is is conspiracy mm-hmm. is 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 cover up, uh, and so let's start talking about um, uh, the first story that I want to share, and this is a story about Notre Dame, and you know Notre Dame um, is it, it holds a special place in my life. I have, um, you know, I, I grew up in Northwest Indiana, mm-hmm. and when you grow up in Indiana, um, and especially when you grow up in Northwest Indiana, and you're a, you're a, you're an IU fan, you're a Hoosier, um, Hoosier football, God bless it, <laughs> we we suck, and we've sucked forever, yeah. um, and that's okay, it's okay. Well, you guys got basketball, yeah, we've got basketball sometimes, it's sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully this year, um, but when it comes to football, there's not a whole lot for you to cheer for. But when you grow up in Northern Indiana. Damn it! You cheer for Notre Dame. Well, I think it's a Midwest thing, really. It's a Midwest thing like too. you, uh, sure. so many people in the Midwest went to Notre Dame or St. Mary's, and they have that kind of huh. very well. You know, I, I think allegiance. one of the, yeah, one of the things that that Notre Dame does very well is tradition, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, and that's fun. Like that, that's a really great thing. I think you know, as humans, we really do look for tradition. We look for something. Um, this isn't the word that I want to use, but something ancient to hold on to. I think it's why yeah. people are so into religion and a number of other things. And Notre Dame does tradition very well. The fight song and and the tailgating and it's ingrained in yeah, you. And yeah. you know, you, you Rudy and just all this stuff. Like it, it it makes Notre Dame something that you really want to be a part of. It makes yeah. it a family that it's you like a want club. to like yeah, it's it's like a club. And I've got some some really great friends from there. You know, one of my best friends in the entire world. Is from there, and and I've got more friends, and it's it's a it's a great place to visit. I've been to many games at Notre Dame. It's it's a blast. It's fun. Yada yada yada. What I want to talk about now, though, is the story of a girl named Lizzie Seberg. Hmm. Lizzie Seberg 
was a freshman at St. Mary's College. Um, and if you've never been to South Bend before, if you don't know a lot about it, um, obviously there is Notre Dame. But St. Mary's College was traditionally the girls' school, um, oh. basically like right across the so street was it, from Notre Dame. Was it at one time divided by Notre Dame as the boys' school and St. Mary's as the girls' mm, school? I don't to be honest with you, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but you know, girls traditionally have gone to to St. Mary's College. Um, there's also there's also Holy Cross in, in South Bend, of course, yeah. too. Well, and South Bend, man, what a weird town. Yeah, it's it's an interesting place. Well, we, we were just we, we were just both we were there just there, for a wedding, yeah, for a wedding. Yeah. But um, that was my first time, yeah, and it sure. was like a lot of college towns. Uh-huh. The uh, campus is beautiful and really well taken care of, but outside of that is like pure depression. Sure, and it's and it it kind of amazes me that a lot of these universities and one of my you know my what i grew up with was michigan state and even east lansing is kind of a shithole like yeah, the rest sure. of land like they don't put the money back into classic the community classic college town yeah where, just very interesting to me sure classic college town where the only industry is the college, the college and maybe and a hospital <laughs> and maybe a hospital and maybe a couple of other things but that that's really it and that definitely is the case in south bend um so lizzie seberg in 2010 um, she was a freshman at St. Mary's, and she was raped by a football player at Notre Dame. She sent a text message to her therapist and to her friend, and uh, she eventually wrote down the story of how she was sexually assaulted and raped mm-hmm. and uh, turned it into the Notre Dame police. And then 10 days later, after the sexual assault, she killed herself. Oh, my gosh. It's awful. Is it, it was it because nothing was being done about it? Or well, overwhelmed with grief, I imagine. There's, there's, there's a lot to be, there's, there's a lot to speculate. There's a lot on, to unpack there. Right? There's a lot to unpack. The, the main thing, though, is that what, what happened um, after she let people know about what happened to her was that she was texted by different members of the football team. Oh, God. She um, confronted a lot of, of pushback from the administration at Notre Dame and from the police at Notre Dame. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of the time that these happen, the, right. the university is basically um, uh, shaming them. Right. Like, well, you probably asked for it. Sure. Or, you know, you shouldn't have been wearing such slutty clothes. Right. Or why would you let yourself get in that situation? Precisely. And it's victim shaming. Exactly. And it's awful. And, and, and really what happened uh, to Lizzie Seberg was that they... They they concocted a story where they made her out to be someone who was full of anxiety and full of mental health issues, yeah, and who and who was not in control of her mental faculties, and who probably put herself in this in this situation or was consensual, but then suddenly reneged on on the um, on the consensual nature of the sexual yeah. of the sexual I, encounter. My, that's like my favorite one. They're like, don't put yourself in a bad situation. I'm like, right. you don't know when you're in a bad situation until you're in a bad situation. Right. Like, you can kind of feel some sketchiness, but like, if you're going, and half the time, these are with people that they know. Exactly. So it's like, yeah. you don't think it's a bad thing. Well, and, and the thing too, to remember is like, you know, this was a freshman in college. Yeah. So I, I, I don't remember how old she was, but she was, she certainly was no older than 18. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm 30 six now I, th- I think even now i'm only just starting to really learn what it means to be in control mm-hmm. of my own consent mm-hmm. and you know thinking back literally 18 years half my age 
I didn't know what to do then. Yeah. I just knew that I was this, I, I was this walking thing. I was on my own for the first time yeah. in like the world. And, and I didn't know how my body worked. Yeah. I didn't know how it worked in the world. I didn't know what it should be or what it should do or how I should allow people to interact with it very mm-hmm. much. And so for, for Lizzie Seberg, who did have mental issues and who was seeing a therapist, you know, yeah, when, when, I, I don't care if you have mental issues, it doesn't like, that doesn't, that doesn't warrant getting sure. sexually abused, but, but yeah. it's, it's certainly exacerbated the problem for her. Um, which obviously her believe her believability, right? Yeah. Well, 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 not really her believability, but really exacerbated the issue for her such that, it ended less than two weeks later in her committing suicide, and so um, you know after that the the um, the university really did conspire, like, like I've already said, to really sort of um, ruin her character. Yeah, um, I think one of the most gotta protect that football, right? Right, of course they do. One of the most disturbing things about the story, I think, is when um, the parents of Lizzie, um, and they're they're from the Chicago area. Um, diehard Notre Dame fans. I believe her dad also went to Notre Dame. Her mom also might have. A lot of her family did. She had legacy there. Um, when her parents wanted to meet with the president of Notre Dame, and the president of Notre Dame is is uh, traditionally a Catholic priest. And mm. In this case, it was Father Jenkins. Um, when Catholics they, coming up. Two, two episodes in a row. That's how it works. And, <laughs> and I will talk more about that uh, later on, because I, I do have some words to say about that. Um, but when they wanted to see Father Jenkins, who is a Catholic priest, keep mm-hmm. that in mind, he refused to meet with them. Did he have a reason or just, mm, I think it was you something can, about... You can refuse because I'm the president I, of Notre I, Dame. <laughs> I think it was something about lawyers. Yeah. But you know what? In the end, you're a priest. And, and when it comes down to it, your first station on this earth should be pastoral. Mm-hmm. And it should be to... To connect with the people in the body of Christ, because that's the body that you're a part of, and to listen to what their needs are, and to hear them, and to be with them. You know, when I read that part of the story, I was just, I was gobsmacked. Yeah. Because I just think it's, I think it's absolutely atrocious that this man who is a priest, who is a man of God, saw these people in need, saw them in pain, and decided, no... Actually, not today. I'm not going to put your souls first or your yeah. hearts first. I'm going to put football first. I'm busy today. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put I'm going to put the dome first. And I just what do they what I do they have there? That touchdown Jesus. Touchdown Jesus. Yeah, and you know, it, uh, honestly, and as as a Notre Dame fan, it really hurt. It it really hurt my um it hurt my fandom. Yeah. Um. After that, honestly, I like, get it. I really don't follow Notre Dame anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't really watch games anymore. I'm not really into it. And I just don't see how I really can be. Right. Because, um, you know, I, I like to be a principled person. I like to be a person of my word. And, you know, somewhere, somewhere lost in space and time is this, this like beautiful soul of a, of a young girl who was just trying who to go to college. Was just trying to go to college and like yeah, like meet guys and have fun and mm-hmm. and whatever. And this terrible thing happened to her. And like, you know, people who say that it didn't happen to her, well then why did she fucking kill herself? Yeah. You don't kill yourself if something didn't happen to right. you. You don't make that up. Um and I'm sure the intimidation of the of the uh, football doubt. team and of the well, university. One of, yeah, one of the texts that she got was from another football player that she knew. 
And the text was something akin to, look, you don't want to mess with Notre Dame football. That's so fucked up. It's, 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 yeah, I mean, it's, it's fucked up and it's scary. And it's also like, it's, it's also not unique. Yeah. And I think that we'll, we'll see that in the other stories that we're going to talk about. But, you know, just to talk about something briefly about a team that, you know, everyone in America knows. You all know, you, everyone knows Notre Dame. Yeah. And uh, everyone knows how important it is and how traditional it is and, and how much of a, an American tradition Notre Dame football is. And I think it's really sad that what we saw from this, this place where that really is an amazing educational institution, an amazing research institution in, in America, um, Catholic or not, whatever, I'll, I'll give them that. Um, that we saw that they put football first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that that football player, he's still, I mean, he's not in Notre Dame anymore, but he's still playing football. Yeah. He's still doing his thing. Unfortunately, he's still living his life. Unfortunately, it won't be, uh, it won't be the first and it won't be the last. No, because it, no, it won't be. we protect it. No, it won't be. And, you know, and we, we, we saw the same sort of, um, we saw the same sort of story at Penn State. Yeah. And I think this one people know a yeah, lot. Yeah, this about. one is probably a yeah. lot a lot fresher in, in people's minds. Um Penn State football is another uh very traditional American program. Um Penn State used to be really quite successful um under the leadership of Joe Paterno and or Joe Pa as as fans lovingly call him. Um and when it came out back in twenty eleven about Jerry Sandusky. Um, who was, um, I can't remember his, his exact title. He might have been like a defensive coordinator or something like that. But just for sake of the story, we'll just call him an assistant coach. Okay. Because that's what they basically all are. I can are. do that. I don't really know the sports words right, anyway. Right. And in November of 2011, he was arraigned on 40 criminal counts. And, oh, and does it, man, so did, when, it, did it come out like how long this had been going on? Or? For, for years. For absolute years. Uh, for dozens of years. And... Um, you know, there there are a lot of parts of the story that are really hard to hear. Um, you know, for example, there was another assistant coach named McQueary. And McQueary, um, once uh, after a practice um, with, with, with young boys, uh, because uh, Sandusky did a lot of work with youth, mm-hmm. which is insane. Um, but Jerry Sandusky, uh, McQueary actually witnessed Jerry Sandusky raping a child in the showers. What? And... McQueary, an assistant coach for Penn State or whatever he was, like I said, we'll just call him that. He said nothing after he saw it. He didn't try. To, he didn't like try to stop it. He didn't, he didn't even try to stop it. What the fuck? He didn't try to stop. What it. is wrong with people? There's a lot wrong with people. Um, and Jerry Sandusky, you know, it's really abused. It fucks, it's so mad. It's, so it makes it's, me so it's mad maddening. because it's like, oh, well, like. He, he in the end, I, I believe that Jerry Sandusky was was finally uh, completely prosecuted and and was found guilty for uh, the child rape of ten boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stories are are heinous. Um, Did anything happen think, to the coach that Joe Paterno that saw it? Oh, McQueary. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was uh, he was actually also arraigned. Okay. Um, he came to a plea deal. Um, and he actually, of uh, course. yeah, of course. And he actually ended up suing Penn state, um, for something. I can't Shut remember exactly up. what that Are was. Are you kidding me? He did. And, uh, and uh, you know, it is what it is. What a whatever. fucking monster. I, I think that the, 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 the worst part about the story is that what we do know is that Jerry Sandusky and Joe Paterno were very good friends. Yeah. And you know, Joe Paterno is a football fucking legend. Yeah. And what do we find again? What's the commonality between this story and Notre Dame? 
football that they put football first mm-hmm. and joe paterno um decided instead that he was that that instead of actually turning this dude in instead of looking at the red flags that he saw from this right. fucking weirdo over and over and over again what he decided is that his legacy would be more important yeah that football at penn state would be more important and and that's what he did. And Joe Paterno died. He died from cancer during the the, the whole Jerry Sandusky trial. Uh, Sandusky is in jail now. He'll never be released. Hopefully, yeah. Um, and you know what's what's terrible? What's even like more terrible about this? Um, if you can even you know call it that, is like you know, it gets worse. I know. Well, kind of like you know at 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 one point eventually they they took down at Penn State the statue of Joe Paterno just a big bronze statue of you know a football coach oh my god he had a statue he did yeah of oh course god. i mean of course he did right i mean he's you know before all this happened he like he was a football legend you know did tons of wins and and i just and i think it's funny successful i think coach. it's funny when people have statues when they're still alive when they're still alive right right <laughs> it's just like who do you think you yeah. are and and they they took the statue down and the Good. the the outcry from Penn State fans was disgusting. Well, yeah, that's the thing that I have um, in doing all this research and like watching things. And the the common thread that I see is that the the alumni and the people that go there and the people that uh, are loyal fans, they get on the side of the university every time. It's never it's never about the victim. And, you know, they say she made it up. Right. Uh, He's a stand up guy. Right. Like, it's ridiculous. And um, one thing that I did want to point out from the movie that I did watch is... The Hunting Ground. Yeah. um, Which, if you haven't seen, definitely take a watch. Did you watch that streaming? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, on Netflix. Yeah, so it's called The Hunting Ground, and I've definitely watched it before, too. And if if you haven't seen it, I I really do recommend, after you listen to this episode, take a break from horror movies. Go watch The Hunting Ground. it is a horror movie. Because it's a horror in real life movie. And and honestly, you need to see it. You should see it. Well, there's a a line in there where a lawyer for one of the universities Uh basically said, well, we can't just, like, tell parents about this. That would equate to people being like, oh... Um, welcome to such and such school. Um, you, your child is uh, one in seven chance of being involved in a drive-by shooting by another, by another uh, student. That's what they equated rape to. And I was like, that's absolutely like, insane. That's that, that. First of all, one is not happening, and one is. Yeah, exactly. So like, right. you're you're false. Right. But right. I, 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 I go away. Well, and you know, I mean, look, we're, we're all we're all fans of college sports here. Yeah. And you know, like you know, Andrew loves Michigan State. And, well, 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 we'll, we'll, talk <laughs> we'll about get that. to we'll that. talk about that more. But you know, you're, you're a Michigan State fan. Like, I grew up in, in my right. whole family's from East Lansing, exactly. so it's, it's and, you know, born into it. You know, Michael, our producer, and Andrew's husband, and you know, one of my best friends. Um, you know, we went to IU, so we're we're total Hoosier fans, and you know, we've talked about this before. And you know, I'm a total Hoosier basketball fan, like die hard. Um, but I, I got news: like, if this shit came out in yeah. IU basketball, and we learned about it, and I learned in any way that the coaches were were keeping were conspiring to keep this shit secret, or that administration was, I would have no problem saying I'm no longer a fan. Yeah, because nothing is worth. Nothing is worth the body and soul and the well-being of an actual human. It's, yeah. it's just not. Like the, uh, football and basketball and college sports, it is all a mirage. Yeah. And like it's great that kids and we have to remember that too. These are kids. 
they are not like fully grown adults with, you know, full frontal cortexes, like ready to go. These are young people who are developing and whose neurons are still developing and whose brains are not done developing yet. These are young people. And it's important to remember that these are not like fully grown adults, yeah. no matter, no matter what 18 years old means mm-hmm. or what, no matter what 21 years old means. It, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Don't that, mean that's, shit. That, that's entirely arbitrary to, to the fact that their brains haven't developed, their bodies even haven't fully developed yet. And we owe them safety and security no matter where they are. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem. Especially when you're at saying, college. Fuck you to anybody about this. I mean, you're at college, you're, you're, it's the parents putting the trust in the university right. to have a semblance of protection for, and, the, for the students. And frankly, paying a lot of money for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, colleges and universities have, have a stake in this game and they need to get it together. And we're going to, especially when it comes to this next case that we're going to talk yeah. about. And I just, I do want to preface that, um, as we are, we're, we're picking certain stories, but, I don't want to pick on certain universities because this is that's, happening. That's not what we're doing. This is happening everywhere. At all. So, and, and just to prove that I, I'm talking about Michigan state today and that's, you know, as close to a family tradition as possible for me. But, um, I would love to read you some statistics before we move on. Yes, please. Okay. So in, <clears throat> from 2009 to 2013 at, at Harvard of all places, <laughs> Um, how many sexual uh, assaults do you think were reported? Um, so that's how many years is that? That's four years. Yep. Yeah. So in four years, let's just say a hundred. Hundred and thirty-five. Okay. Um, how many of those do you think were uh, led to a suspension? So one hundred and thirty-five mm-hmm. is the number that that were reported. So and let's preface that um, a sexual assault can range anywhere from. You know, uh, full-on rape to unwanted unwanted sure. attention. Right, right. Say like sixty. Not even close. Ten. 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 So le- literally less than ten percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just run through some of these other ones. Uh, UC Berkeley uh, between two thousand eight and two thousand thirteen had seventy-eight reported, uh, and it led to only three expulsions. Wow. Um, Dartmouth from two thousand two to two thousand thirteen, one hundred and fifty-five allegations. Dartmouth, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, only three expulsions on that one. Um, from Stanford, from 1996 to 2013, so, you know, a decent span, but uh, 259. How many expulsions? That would be a whopping one. So, out of 259 reports, only one student was expelled. Was expelled. Because of it. That's absolutely insane. And keep in mind, these uh, these suspensions and, and expulsions are direct result of the sexual allegation. My God. Um, so, at UNC, from... 2001 to 2013, we had 136 with zero expulsions. So over, over, so over 12 years with that many reports, nobody got in trouble. Nope. And then the last one here, and this one's um, At UVA. Trubbing. Chub, trubbing? Troubling. Troubling. Um, 205 allegations between 1998 and 2013. Zero expulsions. Oh, my God. But there were 183 expulsions for cheating and for other honor board violations. Well, they certainly have their priorities straight, don't right. they? That's, that's, that's really disturbing. It's really I disturbing. could not believe that when I, when I read that. Well, you know, the, the other thing, too, is I, I think that the list you're looking at is uh, a list of to-do schools. Oh, yeah. They, these are um, all, like, top billing. Top tier. I mean, this, yeah. this is Ivy League and, like, and like top ten schools we're yeah. talking about. And 
you know, I think a lot of the people that we would be dealing with here would either be top tier athletes, mm-hmm. right? Or uh, rich white kids yeah. who have parents that have lawyers that are really good at getting them off. Yeah. And um, and I notice some of the uh, the top schools or some of the top law schools. Yeah, it's it's very disturbing. Yeah, that's very disturbing. And I know you, you want to talk about Michigan State, which yeah. I, yeah, I know yeah. is is probably very fresh in everyone's mind minds. So yeah, the, uh, this one this might take a second to get through. I think it's just good. because of the span of when this was going on. And I think it's so good to talk about. Bear with me. I'm going to go through a little timeline of events. Feel sure. free to interrupt. Feel free to ask questions. Sure, sure. I am not going to go through the entire thing just because it, it is like psh, I'm holding it in my hands like 16 pages. So I'm just going to go through the uh, the quote unquote lowlights, I guess, because they're not really highlights. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to be talking about Larry Nassar. Larry Nassar. Nassar, Nassar, Nassar. Sorry, I have a Midwest accent. Sometimes <laughs> it comes out. Uh, Larry Nassar. Wait, well, say it again. Nassar. Nassar. Larry Nassar. Uh, he joined the medical staff of the USA Gymnastics and uh, as an athletic trainer in 1986. So yep, that's so, where his career starts. Yeah, so the actual USA Gymnastics team. Yeah, the one that trains the Olympians and goes with them to the Olympics. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then in 1992, while he was still a medical student at Michigan State, uh, Nassar completed his first assault on a 12-year-old girl. Um, 12 he, years yeah. old. And uh, what you'll notice in all of these is that uh, he does it under the guise of um, medical examinations. Of course. So basically, I think this girl... Um, it was just medical research, so he wasn't even a doctor yet. Um, in 1984, as part of the 2016 lawsuit that we'll get to, um, Olympic medalist uh, Jamie Danscher, that's sure, fine. yeah, sure, um, says that she was abused by Nassar uh, beginning when she was 12 years old, and the abuse continued over the next six years. Six years of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1996, he gets rewarded. Um, he is named National Medical Coordinator for USA Gymnastics. Wow. And he, uh, ahead of the 1996 Atlanta Games. So. Yeah, you know, you, you can assure that, that people who do these sorts of things will find ways to keep themselves moving up and up and up the ranks so that they can have more power, more power. over the people that they want to abuse. And Larry Nasser made sure of that. And then in 1997, he was rewarded again. Uh, Nasser... Uh, as named gymnastics team physician yeah. and assistant professor at Michigan State. Wow. Um, also in 1997, uh, Larissa Boyce, a 16-year-old high school student, um, says that she was uh, abused by him after injuring her back. Wow. So in for back treatment and gets molested. Of course. Um, she recalls telling a coach. Um, the coach just basically said... Uh, that she couldn't believe that that would be happening. She said that she must have misunderstood what was going on. Uh, so, vic- more victim, victim shaming, yay. You know, that's something that we found, too, when we talked about in our last episode about abuse in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. That, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, altar boys would tell their parents, and the parents wouldn't believe them because they, they couldn't believe that this person in power that they've known for right. so long would ever do that. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so then in 1998, uh, we get the, the next abuse of Kyle Stevens, a, 16, a six-year-old daughter of a friend. Oh, my God. Uh, Nasser convinced her parents they, to disregard the earlier accounts. My goodness. Um, I'm skipping over a lot of these. Just keep in mind, there there are much more There's abuse. Tons. I'm just kind of and, giving and you the highlights. It's all documented. Um, in 2000, uh, Nasser attended the 2000 Olympic Games in Sydney as the U.S. Women's Artistic Gymnastics Team Physician. Wow. So he continues to be able to rise up. Um, and then this is where things start to get uh, darker. Yeah. In 2004... Um, Nasser solicited and received child pornography. And that's according to the 2016 federal indictment. Wow. So not only is he abusing children, he's also getting child pornography. Awful. Oh, and we have more sexual assault. I mean, assault, uh, yeah, assault, I mean, you, you, I'm sure that you can hear listeners how, how hard this is to talk about. Yeah. Like it's, it's very hard to, to even speak of, but I think it's something that we need to keep speaking about um, because the more you talk about it, the more light you shed on it, mm-hmm. and the more light you give, the less dark those dark spaces can yeah. be. Um, and and so, it's stuff that you need to talk about, right? Because if sure. we continue to brush it under the rug, and nothing's ever going to change. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right, and you know, I, th- I think that's you know. I think I think that's what's cool about the podcast that we do mm-hmm. is that you know we love to talk about horror movies and we love to talk about it from an LGBT perspective that that's what we do, um, but we really make those connections back to real life. Yep, because you know art art imitates life, and you know this is the and horrible world that, that that we live in, and we need to talk about these things. So, yeah. yeah. So um, then we go to 2014. This is the first time that Michigan State um, is alleged to be told wow um so this comes from the university president uh she's made aware of a title nine complaint which is basically making um a hostile environment for students or for people that's that's what title nine is um and that then he continues to see patients for the next 16 months without anything happening finally and uh, and and just so that people know like i mean i i work at a i work at a at a a college basically yeah you know title nine is extremely serious yeah if there's a title nine complaint you have to be compliant immediately you have to take care of it right away right you have to take steps to make sure that whatever is going whatever even could be going on is immediately ceased yeah and michigan state failed utterly mm-hmm. in that regard and it's it's a shame because it allowed more people oh, more people yep. to be abused over the course of you know 20 years just awful um so finally in 2016 the indianapolis star published an ongoing investigation into sexual abuse inside the usa gymnastics so finally someone's brave enough to report on this to whistleblow mm-hmm. yeah um, then we get a couple more complaints. It's mostly around USA Gymnastics. Uh, then uh, all of the gymnasts from the U.S. team. So we're talking about Michaela Mulroney, yeah. Simone Biles. Um, I'm trying to remember all of them. Anyway, they all came forward. Yeah, I mean, and f- said, f- folks that you saw in the Olympics, Allie Raisman. Yeah, right. Like they they came forward and finally said, like, yeah, that happened to us too. Exactly. Um, so then. We get finally past all that, and he's finally charged. So this is finally in 2016. Right. So this started in, what did I say, 1986? Right, right. So 20 right. years later, yeah. he's finally charged with just three counts of sexual abuse. 
Um, but no, Mich- more than that. 30 years no, later. No, no, no. Oh, 30. 30, oh, 30 yeah, I years later. <laughs> I'm like, I'm reading it right here. <laughs> Thir- that, that's three decades yeah. of a monster abusing children. So then um, when these three come forward, um, actually the Michigan Attorney uh, General... Uh, Bill Schuette, I like that name. Yeah. <laughs> he reveals uh, during a press conference that roughly 50 complaints wow. have been received. From one person. One person. That's just, that's absolutely just astounding. So then... Um, the evil that must reside in you. Yeah. To be able to, to, to do those things is just... Uh, yeah, we, we see it in horror films, but like in real life, it's beyond my comprehension. Yeah beyond my comprehension and then in 2017 eight more women came forward and filed a lawsuit against him um he finally faced uh additional 22 charges of of sexual assault my god um finally uh in 2017 23 more women came out against him uh there are now over more 100 complaints over 100 complaints so how did this end up for larry nasser well first in 2017 nasser pleads guilty to child pornography hmm so he pled guilty. So there's one more sentence. Uh, he basically gets sentenced to, I mean, it's life. Yeah. He gets sentenced to life. Um, Until he's dead. But what was interesting about this case is that um, the judge allowed anyone that wanted to come in, any victim that wanted to come in sure. and face him and say something, they were allowed to come into the courtroom and, and not testify, but just talk to him give their victim yep. statement and i want to read you one of them one of the ones that was i pulled out yeah please and it's just the last sentence of her testimony sure she says perhaps you haven't perhaps you've figured it out by now but little girls don't stay little forever they grow into strong women that return to destroy your world wow yeah how many do you know how many victims uh, gave victim statements uh, I believe it was 154. So 154. 156, excuse me. Oh, my God. 156. 156 victims from one monster. Yeah. Who, and so- who, who was allowed to continue doing what he was doing because gymnastics, mm-hmm. because power, because medals. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, he eventually lost his job. He lost his medical license. He lost Good. everything. And several other people were fired. The president of Michigan State stepped down. All of United States Gymnastics uh, board, of, board of Trustees all stepped down. Um, and then Michigan State ended up siding with the, uh, with the abused for $500 million. Of course they did. Um, which, the fact that they have $500 million is crazy. Sure. <laughs> and they're still afloat. Still uh, accepting. That's called insurance. I know. That's called insurance. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, Larry Nasser. Um, you know, sorry to fill your brains with that heartbreak. Uh, well, you know, I, 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 it's it's such a weird time, college, um, and it's such a weird time, childhood, right? And you know, you're so vulnerable, and you know, we send our children to these places where we believe they're going to be safe, where we hope they're going to be safe, <clears throat> and when we hear these stories about how they're not, yeah. It really rocks your world. Mm-hmm. It really, really does. Well, and that's one of the um, conspiracies that I kept reading. Really? Is that all of this uh, sexual abuse talk and movies like The Hunting Ground and stuff like that is all meant to uh, deter women from going to college so that men can re retake over? It's insane. You know what? Honestly, when it comes to some conspiracy theories, like, you know what? Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth. These are real people yeah. that experience real trauma that are dealing with real things in their lives. 
And if the only way that you can make sense of that is by creating some fucking stupid conspiracy theory, you're you're a fucking asshole, man. And just Fuck to, you. to throw one more nail in the coffin with this whole thing is that um, the Crowleys, you know the Crowleys? Uh, they I don't know. Yeah, uh, the the gymnastics coaches. They oh have yeah, been, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Russian coaches sure. that they've been around for forever. Sure, since like ninety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety four, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, they t- actually sued USA Gymnastics mm. for a million dollars, saying that they had told them that they would protect them during this whole thing, and they accused them of not protecting them oh from God. the fallout of this. So they sued <laughs> them, and uh, Ali Raisman eventually came out and said that. Uh, well, she was tried to be sued by the um, USA Gymnastics because she violated her um, NDA, and that was the one that they they made her they made her sign so that she wouldn't talk about it. Insane. Yeah, it's a big old cover I mean, up. I, I mean, and NDAs like that shouldn't be allowed to exist. No, like you you shouldn't be able to have an NDA about a criminal activity. That's crazy. like it's criminal what happened. No one should be should be allowed to compel you to not speak about that. Yeah. So that you can get a settlement. Like, that's it absolutely fair. insane. It's it's not fair and it's also probably illegal. You can't silence people. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. It's it's bad. It's it's very, very bad. But yeah. Um, so that's that. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about in regards to excuse me college yeah, college sure. and cover-ups and yeah, or your yeah. own experiences yeah, in college so I, I think you know and we talked about this briefly before we started recording but i think we both we both have experiences from college that we wanted to sort of chat about yeah um and you know when it when it uh when it comes to my experience um i was a sophomore in college um and i was a theater major as you know and, um, you know, when you're a theater major, you are sort of constantly busy doing stuff mm-hmm. in the theater. Like, and you're probably surrounded by, like, the same people all yeah, the time. It's like it's a closer, basically. like a closer yeah. community. I mean, it's it's sort of like its own, like, fraternity or sorority, really. Like, of, of, we like, didn't even get into fraternities. Yeah, well, yeah right. Um, of, of, like, people who do the same thing. Because when you're in a theater department and you're really involved and you really love the theater... You're either working crew for a show, or you're in the show, or you're helping it's out. It's like a like, job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, and you do it lovingly because you're in college and it's fun, whatever. Um, I was in a play my sophomore year called God's Country, and it's a it's a play about white supremacy. Actually, it was it's it's, it's a pretty good play. Stephen Dietz wrote it. Hmm. Um, Never heard of it. Yeah, and I was in it, and it was sort of like my like first. Well, it wasn't even sort of. It was my first main stage role at IU. So it was it was actually like part of the university, not like a not like a club or like a community theater yeah. kind of thing. Um, and uh, it was a hard show. It was a hard show for me. I was really young. Um, hard, hard, how? Like hard, like uh, I mean, it, to get through, or yeah, it was hard to like get subject through. matter. I mean, yeah, I mean, okay. it's, it's a. It's I didn't a, know if you meant like I was a young actor, so I struggled, or well, if you I mean, were like, and and honestly, that too. You know, sure. I was I was a young actor, and you know, I've, I've talked before about how I was a fat kid, and you know, I was a fat kid in college too, and um, you know, I didn't know, like I said earlier too, like I didn't know how my body worked, and I didn't know, you know, I wasn't comfortable with how I looked and this and that. I just knew that I loved theater and I loved acting and blah 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 blah. Um, and there was a rehearsal where uh, we were uh, we were in the theater building, and I was downstairs um, in one of the classrooms, and I must have been working on a scene or working on like a monologue or, or something. And another guy that was in the show with me was um, was in the room with me, and um, he started talking about like some weird sexual stuff with me suddenly, like like honestly out of nowhere. Um, 
And did you know this person very well? I, I, I didn't know him very well, but I certainly knew him. Yeah. And before I knew it, he cornered me in the classroom and he got behind me and he like took me in like this very strange like bear hug from behind. Like so you couldn't move. So I couldn't move. And he started to fondle me and grope me and do things that I was not comfortable with. I did not know what to do. Yeah. I was frozen in fear. Um, I didn't like get raped or anything, but I was certainly sexually assaulted. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until finally like something in my brain like snapped and mm-hmm. I said like, no, and I broke out of that hole. Yeah. This um, is really common um, yeah. amongst uh, sexual abuse victims is that they go into a paralyzed place because yeah. it's like, whoa, what's like, what's happening I was, to I me? was absolutely paralyzed while he was doing whatever he wanted to do. And so that's why I'm like, and these people that say like, well, why didn't you fight back? Or like, why? Like, come on. You, like half you, the time. You really don't get it if you're saying that. Well, and half the time, you know, with these like big football, not sorry, not to detract from your. No, you're story, not at all. But, um, it's fine. These football players are like three times as big sure. as these women that they're assaulting. You, right. you can't. Well, and also, like, a a thousand things go through your mind when it's happening. And, like, I mean, this guy, and I'm not going to say his name, um, but, you know, this guy, like, I thought was also, like, super attractive. Yeah. You know, I was watching him in rehearsal, and he was a really good actor, and I was totally attracted to him. And when it was happening, I I didn't know know if I had, like, invited this on myself, or if I had... Like, that's what was going through your head. Yeah, or if I had, like, done something wrong. Yeah. Or if this is what I deserved because of the body that I had. Or Ugh. any number of things. I'm sorry. I mean, that's, yeah, that's I mean, like, you know, these are all things that I can talk about now as like a grown ass adult. Uh, but back then, I had no idea what was happening. And yeah. I remember, you know, after I broke out of it, I just remember us like staring at each other, like in, what the fuck? in the room. <laughs> and then he just left. Jeez. Um, and, you know, like I was telling you guys just before, this this actually just recently came up, um, and I really haven't talked about it with like really anybody. Um, and a, a friend was visiting for that, that wedding that we went to mm-hmm. in South Bend, actually. And we were driving to South Bend. And I just, for whatever reason, let it out. And I hadn't really told anybody about it. And um, and then also, like a few weeks ago, um, this guy, he also, he lives in Chicago. And I knew that. Oh, no. And I actually, I actually saw him on, on the same train oh, that I was on. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And it was really weird. Is that was that before? Was, you, was that before you talked about it or after? It was actually after. So that probably prompted something in your brain to be like, "I need to deal with this. I need yeah. to deal with these emotions." And and, and sometimes just talking about it is, yeah. is enough. And I I thought about it actually. I did, the thought did go through my head right then actually of like if if this guy was to say hi to me right now, what would I say? Ooh. And would I would I confront him or would he pretend to not remember or yeah. I you know whatever. He didn't, and uh, it probably won't happen again. Um, but it's just a weird thing. Yeah, I, but that I, sucks I guess... that you have to like walk around like, you know, it's kind of like when you have like a, a, yeah. a very steady boyfriend that you break up with, and then you're like, you oh shit, I'm gonna see them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think the good thing now is that I'm talking about it. Yeah, and, you know, like you know, thankfully nothing worse happened to me. It's not. It's not even like that terrible story, but. Right. Uh, you know, it's it reminds me that when I have my own children or when I'm thinking about my nieces and nephews, it reminds me that it's good to talk about these mm-hmm. things. And talking just, is important and to let people know that, like, yeah, something happened to me mm-hmm. and it could have happened to you and it could be worse and it has been worse for people. And so you need to watch out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if something does happen and to watch you, out for your friends. Yeah. And if something does happen to you, I know that it's hard but if you can dig and find that bravery to report it, 
and tell somebody. And, and honestly, if you can't do that, at least call someone and get help for yourself. Please. Put yourself first. Put, put yourself first. Uh, well, my experience is not as... Uh, well, it, I mean, it's pretty serious, but it's no, not. It's serious, it doesn't involve yeah. uh, body harm. Right. Um, we we used to go to this bar um, in Grand Rapids uh, when when we were in college. Uh, I don't think I'll name the bar. It's just that's fine. Yeah. Um, but we were there, and this is this is back in the day. Is it, when, is it, is it a gay bar? Or no, a it's bar? a straight bar. Okay. Um, not that it matters. Just wondering. Well, I mean, it's it's important to know, I guess, because yeah. the, the the story kind of plays on that. So we were we all went there together. There's three of us, me and two girls, and this is back in the day where you could like smoke inside the bar. Yeah. Or, like it was, you know, get, the glory <laughs> days. The glory days. <laughs> oh god, where you had to like take off your coat and leave it in the car, of course, yeah. or you're gonna smell like yeah. a giant cigarette for the rest of your life. Um, so I was not sober sister that night. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have to stay sober. So um, I had. We had gone into the bar. You know, just really quick, which is also really a really important thing to remember, I think, too. Like, a lot of times victims get blamed because, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you were drunk that night. So and that gives like, you license? Well, but it's like, it, it, like, what do you, what do people think you go to a bar for? Yeah. You don't go there to pray. Like, you go there, you go there to have drinks and get drunk. That's yeah. the point of it. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Um, so we went in. It was like re- it was really busy. Yeah. Um. But you know, we we knew a lot of people there, so yeah. it was like whatever. And you've been there before, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Headphones. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um. So we went in, and we there was this guy, a uh, pretty attractive guy, mm-hmm. and um. I was like turning my two girls, and I was like, we should just go make a friend, like with him. Yeah. Um. Not even thinking about me, thinking about them. Yeah, like, sure. They, it's a straight bar. You guys go right. flirt with them, yeah. like blah, blah, blah. So we just went up and sat at his table with him. Yeah. And we're just like, hey, how, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. This is blah, blah, This is blah, blah, blah. And just having like the, a very innocent conversation. Sitting there with a drink. Um, and then uh, the next thing I knew, I was being played footsie with. By and that I, guy. Yeah, by that. And I was like, uh, okay. That's um, unexpected. I'm like, I'm not. A, I'm not against it. Yeah, sure, <laughs> I just sure, wasn't right. expecting it. Yeah. Um, needless to say, I think at one point I probably got up to go to the bathroom or something. I was on my second drink. Uh, I drank of the night. Of the night. Yeah. Um, and um, I all of a sudden just started feeling like really weird. Huh. I just told my friends I was like, "Hey, do you mind if we just like? Can you guys just like drive me home? Like, I it was not not. It's still too far to walk. So I right. was like, "You guys can come back. No big deal. I just don't like feel good." Um, not really thinking anything of it. And on the way home, I literally passed out in the back seat. Oh my God. They had to basically carry me into the house and put me in my bed. And the next day, keep in mind this, we came home probably like, I'd say around like 11 PM, which is, we not, probably, which is not that late for yeah. a college night. And, um, I did not wake up the next day until like 4 PM Oh my God. and felt, and felt awful. Like so beyond hangover. You were roofied. Yeah. I was roofied by that guy. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> I mean, like, thank God like, thank God my friends had the sense to be like, yes, let's leave. Right. But did 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 they go back to the bar? I honestly don't remember. Yeah, of course. So but I mean, was, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I but was the gone. Point is you, you got roofied. I, I'm so glad that nothing worse happened to you. But, yeah, of course. You know, one of one of the terrible things to think about is that that guy that you met that night, without a doubt, roofied somebody before. Oh yeah. I mean, once he, you do it once and you yeah, learn how to do it. He that, may have roofied somebody again that night and he probably roofied people again. Yeah, and who knows what came of those roofies. Yeah. In my case, thankfully my friends took me home, but right. who knows what happens to other people. Yeah. So, so. you know, the, 
I, I think it's probably a good place to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we talked about some pretty serious shit. Um, you know, like we said before, if you know, if anything happens to you, if if you're the victim, if you're if you're a victim that has survived, and if you are still dealing with the trauma of that, which of course you would be, and you haven't reached out to anybody and you haven't gotten help, you know, let us be the reminder that you really should. Yeah, and we uh, will post on our social media some, some outlets, resources. yeah, and resources. Yeah, because there, there are there are a few that we're aware of that we think are really good. Yeah, and we think it's really important that we make those um, those available to you. So we will do that as soon as this episode airs. Okay, um, I think that will just about do it for yeah. the depressing part Absolutely. of our <laughs> podcast. Uh, so we are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with what you've been watching, bitch. What you've been watching, bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, and welcome back to Friday the 13th. We're in episode nine. We're playing What You Been Watching, Bitch. What You Been Watching, Bitch. So I have four movies tonight. I've been a busy little beaver. Okay, sure. Um, I'm going to start with the, my most recent watch, uh, The Nun. I got out and saw The Nun. Okay. Um, I thought that the atmosphere of the nun was really good. I like like the gothic feel of it. I think it's filmed really well. Do I think it's that scary? Hmm, not really. I've heard this from a lot of people. Um, I, I, I have not had a chance to see it yet. I like how it ties into the bigger uh, Conjuring universe. Sure. I think I think it does a lot of things really well. It's well acted. I just didn't think it uh, stacked up to some of the other Conjuring movies. Okay, so right. yeah, there's that. Do you want me to keep going? Um, or you want to take one? I can do one, sure. So, as usual, my What You Been Watchings are not horror-related, because that's what I do. Sorry, everybody. Um, you know this is a horror movie podcast, yeah, right? I don't, yeah, but I don't care. People expect that from me now, I think. Um, so, for me, I finished the latest season of Great British Bake Off on Netflix. Um, it is fantastic. Um, what's different about this, if people have watched any of GBBO is um, that there is a new judge and two new hosts. Um, it's um, It was a bit of a jarring experience for Great British Bake Off fans. Um, <laughs> it's controversial. It was very controversial. Um, everyone was very worried about it. I have to say it was wonderful. It was a great season. Great bakers from all across England. Um, and the, uh, you know, the, the person that I wanted to win didn't win. I won't give it away. Um, but I can say that the three finalist bakers were awesome and it was so much fun to watch. The new hosts are great. And Noel, one of the new hosts, do you know who Noel is? No. Um, I think I've never watched the show. So I think you're familiar with old Greg. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. So one of the new hosts is the guy that did Old Greg. Oh my god, do yourself a favor and look up Old Greg on YouTube. Oh my god. You will not be disappointed. You ever drink Bailey's from a shoe? (laughs) Um, It's wonderful. It's really good. If you're in any way interested in baking or in British people highly suggest watching this well this season. is the second time you've recommended this well here we go again <laughs> uh the great british bake-off it gives me such joy and honestly like i have anxiety issues 
Duh. And um, watching every episode gave me a lot of anxiety, and I actually cried a lot in this season. That's ridiculous. I had to text people to get support and get some like self help. Um, oh my god! And it worked, and my self care worked. And <laughs> okay, really, moving on. I'm, I'm proud of myself. Is all I wanted to end that with. <laughs> moving. Your next choice. Go ahead. Um. So I ended up finally uh, catching Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, I still have not gotten that the yet. new one. Okay. Um. It's on HBO Go for anyone that has that subscription with, with kenneth branagh sure and with what's his face with a lot of people yeah michelle pfeiffer is really good in it um who's the pirates of the caribbean why johnny, am i blanking? johnny depp i fucking i i just don't like johnny depp i'm sorry and for any of these johnny yeah, depp fans him, right? that's that's you know sorry about it but it's just not my cup of tea right um i thought that murder on the orient express was super boring mm, um, I've, I've heard that too i did not like it yeah. I think there's some good performances in there. Sure. But overall, it's kind of a snoozer. Yeah, was, I just say watch the original was instead. It, was it kind of like Polar Express, but with murder? No. Okay. okay. I, was, I was kind of hoping for that, actually. No. It was just boring. That's all I have to say. Okay. And then uh, another one, just because I have more than yeah, you, I sure. think. Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Um, is we sat down and watched Unsane, which I don't know if you know is Unsane. No, I don't. Unsane is a Steven Soderbergh movie. Okay. His newest movie. And they filmed the whole thing on an iPhone. Oh, wow. That was like the big to-do huh. about okay. it. I didn't want to see it in the theater because I saw the previews and I was like, well, yeah, that looks like it was filmed on an iPhone. So yeah. I'm just going to watch it on a smaller screen. Yeah. So I'm also not going to pay for that. Well, it's on Amazon Prime. Did you did you buy it? or nope. Okay. It's not for oh, free. Okay. So it's streaming for free right now. Yeah. Um, okay. I'd give it like a mild recommend. Okay. If you're looking for something in the horror realm, it's not horrible. Sounds good. It's uh, got a nice little twist. It's twisty and turny. Sure. Um, it just bugged me a little bit, the filming style. That's all. Fair enough. Because there's a lot of times where you're like, yeah, this looks like you filmed it on an iPhone. Right, right, right. Okay. That's cool. That's cool, Steven. Okay. Um, a brand new film that is not even actually, um, is not actually even released nationally yet is one that I just saw for the second time today. Um, I was able to bring in a special sneak peek screening of a documentary to my office today. Oh. Um, and folks, I work in early childhood education, um, which might come as a surprise to some of you, um, but I do. And it's a documentary called No Small Matter. Huh. It is absolutely fantastic. No Small Matter, it sort of ties into horror in real life, not with this episode. Um, but oh, it, God, it, I would well, hope it, it, it does not, thank God. Um, but it's, it's, it's horror in real life because it really delves into early childhood education and how we as a country completely fail at it. Mm. Um, no small matter is not an expose. It's a wake up call. Um, Alfred Woodard is the narrator, which is awesome. Um, and it really goes in depth on how America is failing our youngest children and really how are you know, the, 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 the prime age to hit kids um, to make their lives better. Not to hit is them. Not to really hit them, but to hit, <laughs> to hit them with good education and with good practices in the preschool and pre-K classrooms is really when they're very, very young. And, and that, for us in early childhood, means zero to eight years old. Um, and so we know what the problems are in America. We know how to fix it. We know how much it costs. And yet, for some reason... We just still keep not doing it. Yikes. So um, it's, it's a great film. It'll be out hopefully near the end of this year or in the beginning of 2019. Um, the screening that I had today, we were lucky enough to have the director, Greg Jacobs, from, from um, Siskel Jacobs Movies. 
and uh, Laura Fallsgraf from Kindling Group, uh, both in Chicago. It's an amazing documentary. You need to see it. It's very, very important. Um, go see it. It's called No Small Matter. If you want to know more about it, nosmallmatter.com. You can look up No Small Matter Movie on Facebook. Uh, they're doing some great campaigns right now. It's awesome. Check it out. Cool. Thanks sure. for that. Absolutely. Um, my last one is one that I think has been getting a lot of hate, and I don't really know why. Which one? It's called Breaking In. Um, it's got Gabrielle Union, okay. and she basically gets, um, her kids get locked in a house with some uh, robbers, and she has to try to, like, break in and get her kids back um i i actually if you watched the preview and you said you like that looks interesting to me and i want to see it you got exactly what you were look like looking for so is it streaming right now uh no we rented that one um but itunes or whatever uh yeah like on demand or whatever okay um i thought it was i don't know i don't know what people are expecting it's very much got that like um enough vibe that kind of like um uh, what do you call it? Uh, double Jeopardy vibe, yeah, sure. like that kind of vibe. Yeah. So maybe if that's not your cup of tea, but you know, if, if you like those kind of movies and you watch the preview and you think that looks interesting, yeah. you're going to get exactly what you paid for. So, um, can I do one more by the sure. way? Okay. So one more, it's also not horror related. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start punishing you. Oh, come on. No, this, don't, you don't can't do this to me. me. One more people will like it and they're probably, <laughs> they're probably watching it anyway. Um, if you have HBO, you should really also be watching insecure. The latest season, season three. I think we talked about this already too on on this show. <laughs> yes, I didn't. I didn't recommend it though. Yeah, yet, we did. did. We talked about it during the purge. Can I just do it again? <laughs> sure. Can I just do it one more time. Sure. Listen, the new season of Insecure is so fucking good. It is really wonderful. Issa is doing a great job. Everyone's doing a great job. It's so fucking funny. It's wonderful. I love that show so much. Yeah, I like that show. I love it. I love it. Okay, we get it. All right. Okay, got it. Sorry. To put I, down the wine. How do you recommend whiny. That? Got it. Okay, go ahead. Um, all right. So we're going to take another break, and we're going to come back with our first feature film of the evening. Cry Wolf. Welcome back to Friday the 13th, the podcast where we explore horror in real life and horror in media. I'm Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And we're back talking about horror in media. We're going to tackle two films tonight. And I our, think they're pretty fun films, I think too. They are, I think they are fun. I think they're, they're both pretty good, too. Uh, we're tackling first Cry Wolf from 2009, and then we're tackling... 2005. 2009 <laughs> minus four, which is 2005. The other movie is 2009. I've already had three glasses of wine um, and two beers. And then we're going to... T- don't, don't, do not judge me. Oh we're not gosh. going there. We're not going there, buddy. And then we're going to talk about a movie called Sorority Row, where I used to live. Oh. Not, not really. I didn't. <laughs> Sometimes um, every time you, you say these things and I just don't know what to say. Ben. I know. Sometimes I think he believes me. I do sometimes. I know. I'm I gullible. I did not live on Sorority Row, but I did go to a big old university where we had not one Sorority Row, but actually two. Oh, we had an extension because we had so many of them. All right. Why so, don't you tell me about Cry Wolf? Cry Wolf. Cry Wolf is a... Um, so once again, um, we have some podcast friends uh, and not, not just... Um, not just Cocktail Party Massacre, who we absolutely love and adore, but other folks, too, who, like, do, like, 30-second synopses and 60-second synopses. 
as you know, if you are a dedicated listener, we don't listener, do that here. <laughs> we are really bad at that. We're long for yeah, especially because by the time we get to um, the horror and media segment, we're usually a few drinks in, as you've already learned. Um, so, so it makes it fun. Sixty second anything ain't gonna happen. No. Um, so, anyways, blah 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 blah. Uh, Cry Wolf is the story of a prep school in New England. It's called West Lake, right? West West. Uh, something like that west something west rich kid school um it's in new england and there is a new kid in school his name is owen and he is english and he don't know what's going on and so when he gets to school on the first day he doesn't know he doesn't know where he's even supposed to go he doesn't know where his dorm is he doesn't yeah, know like where, where all, all the kids are <laughs> where's and like, like the that guy that's supposed to like take you on the tour yeah right where's like the orientation master person whatever so he gets to school and you know and he he sees this one girl standing outside of of a building on campus and he goes up to her and he finds out that everyone is in assembly and they start a little bit of a friendship right there. That well, just they're in an assembly. Throughout the movie, There's an, they're in an assembly because a girl was found dead in the like in the, in the woods, woods over by the school. So they're having like a safety yes. assembly. And so Owen meets this cast of characters there. The girl's name that he meets is Dodger, and uh, he meets her, and he meets all these friends, and they start playing this game. Well, no, you're you're glossing, you're glossing over. Well, I'm just trying to get through it. Well, no, I mean, but you, you, his roommate is played by Jared Padalecki of Supernatural fame. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a time um, him, yeah. and he's the one that basically Girl, got that long ass hair in this movie too, like a um, mushroom cut. He he wakes him up in the middle of the night, and he was like, "Dodger told me to bring you to the game," and he's like, "Well, what's the game?" He's like, "Just come with me." Just come with. It's a West Lake West whatever whatever, they, whatever the school's name. We're just calling, we're gonna call it West Rich Kid from now on. Okay. Uh, and so he takes uh, Owen to the game that's in the chapel, and um, they explain to him that you know this is Cry Wolf. Yeah. And that's like the name of the game. And the the game is sort of like mafia. If you if you've ever played that before, yeah, like, exactly. Like one person is like the mafia, and the rest of the people are the people that 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 get killed by them. Well, um, Dodger, who's our voluptuous redhead, uh, she gives the the basically the rules are avoid suspicion, manipulate your friends, eliminate your enemies. Exactly. So uh, the the name of the game is basically one person is labeled as the wolf, and they have to try to convince everyone else that they are not that the they're wolf. not the wolf. And, and and if you survive all the way all the way through as the wolf, you get the kitty. You get the money because mm-hmm. everyone has to put in money for this game. So they play the game, they learn it. It's lots of fun. Blah 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 blah. And then I like the one line that the girl. Um, so at, at one point, the the last guy picks his girlfriend as the wolf, and she's like, um, "Well." You might you might have gotten screwed tonight, but instead you, you, you're getting fucked. <laughs> oh my god, a, a perfect 2005 line. Um, so then, in in the midst of all of this, uh, Owen starts his first class at at the school, and it's his journalism class. And after the class, there he's he learns from 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 more of his friends. Oh no, by the way, the uh, teacher of this class is none other than John Bon Jovi. Talk about yeah! Talk about a casting decision. They cast John Bon Jovi, which actually he works. He's not bad. We'll talk. About, we'll talk more about that later. Thankfully, but he's, he's actually, he's not, he's actually not in a lot of the movies, so I think yeah, that kind right. of saves him. Without, on a, this, w- but. without a doubt. 
Um, so they so, decide, because the murders happen, yes. they collectively decide, Dodger and Owen and a couple of other classmates. You know you're, you're better at the synopsis game. Just go, <laughs> just go for it. Well, they decide that they're going to make up a serial killer yes. to kind of like um, terrorize the school, but also kind of a um, experiment in journalism. Yeah. Uh, so they make up a, a story about a killer that goes along in these schools and has the same kind of murder pattern exactly. every time. And they explain over this uh, article that this is how it happens. And of course, this is back in the day of AIM. So all of you youngins, that used to be our instant messenger. What was your instant messenger name? I think it was Garfield 1984. Oh, shut the fuck (laughs) up. Mine was Method Act Double Zero. Because I was so into acting. I'm such a fucking nerd. Anyways, uh, so so they they make up they make up this killer right. Yep. And as they're as they're saying as like they're typing the killer out, like it's interesting on screen because you see like the killer like sort of coming to life. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, what sort of murder weapon does he have? Well, he shot the girl with a gun, but Owen is like, no, it's scarier if he has like a knife. Knives. Yeah. And like, oh, he he's wearing a ski mask and mm-hmm. a camo jacket, and so like on screen. They bring this serial killer to life. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it it actually is pretty cool. I think one of the things that really works about this film is like the cinematography and the way that they shoot it and like kind of cut back and forth. Well, and it's a very like very like typical campus. Yeah, like you get the feeling you're out of school. Yeah, like boarding school. Oh, and we kind of forgot to say that Owen has a checkered past. Like he, he does. he's been bouncing around from prep school to prep school. And his school. dad is just kind of just like abandoned him. And, and his dad is played by an actor that you would definitely know if you see yeah, him. He's like a character he, actor. He's a total character actor. And he has the worst English accent yeah. in the world. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> um, it's really bad. So in the midst of making up this killer, they make up uh, what his uh, killing design is all about. So how he goes about killing his victims. But they model it sort of after their group of friends. Yeah. So they're like, oh, the vain one gets killed while looking in a mirror. And right. Like, so they make up this whole story. It gets spread throughout um, and the, the campus. Yeah. And, and Owen sends it to, to the entire, to, to every student on campus. And, and he's it, just like, just, what? I'm just forwarding it. It goes viral. Yeah. On a campus. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, then uh, we begin to see that the murders are now coming true. Um, we find the one kind of gothy kid. His earring is put on... Uh, Owen's computer is all bloody. His tongue stud. Yeah, and he he starts to get these aim messages that are like, "You shouldn't have done that," like, or or like, "Be careful what you wish for." Right, and um, <coughs> then we Pardon go me. we go we go through this whole period of like. Is, is it real? Like, is this really happening? Are they playing a joke? Because obviously he had tricked all them in one cry wolf. So they were like, are they getting back at me? Like, is this just an elaborate joke? I'm new to this friend group. Yeah. So we go through a period of time where we don't really know what's going on. Then shit starts to get real. It does. And people start getting killed. And yeah. he gets attacked in a parking lot. And uh, the, thankfully, there's a security guard there. And they hold up the hold up the gun. And it's Mercedes, who's the vain girl. And she takes off the mask. She's like, it's just a joke. And so you're like, God damn well, yeah, it. It's, 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 also like, it's also the night of a Halloween dance. Mm-hmm. And so all the students have like read this email. Mm-hmm. And so everyone, they're all dressed up. Everyone like is dressing up as the murderer, of mm-hmm. course. And I think it's funny, like, uh, Dodger has, like, a very skimpy, like, devil uniform on. I'm like, do you really think they would allow that at this, like, preparatory school? If you're rich, you can do anything. <laughs> I guess. Um, he gets attacked. They find out that it was Mercedes. And um, they both get 
basically sentenced because after the Halloween dance, their whole plan was to go to the uh, Jared Padalecki's character's lake house, like yeah. for the weekend. <clears throat> they were just going to get away. But because they pulled this prank, they put them on house arrest, so they have to stay at the campus. Um, then a series of events happen. They're like, no, this is really, like, this well, yeah, is happening. Yeah, we're of course convened that they, like, no adults or school yeah. officials happen to be that weekend. And uh, they convene in the chapel where they played Cry Wolf to try to talk it out and be like, what are we going to do? Um, they they finally decide, like, let's just leave. Like, we're going to, I don't care what kind of house arrest I'm under, we're going to leave. And they then they see some blood. They find the goth kid in the confessional mm-hmm. um, and they run away. And uh, in the whole midst of this, the one boyfriend is on the phone with Mercedes. Uh, she takes a selfie, but it's a selfie with like one of those like, Nokia, Girl, like Nokia is, phones. And it takes forever to get to her boyfriend. It like loads up. <laughs> it's not like today where it's like, send me a dick pic. Yeah. And then like the dick pic is like two seconds. It has to like pixel. Boom. This is like a minute and a half. And in the picture, it shows she has somebody behind her and then she gets attacked. You, you're led to believe that she is killed. And then um, the boyfriend goes after it. And he gets killed uh, right in front of Owen. And the, the chase ensues. They end up um, back at the office of the of John Bon Jovi. Yeah. Um, they uh, and uh, Jared Padalecki and the Asian girl. I can't remember her name. Can't remember her name. Sorry, kids, but that's just how it's going to go. Karen, tonight. maybe. Um, they basically said, "Hey, we're giving you twenty minutes to collect everybody, and we're taking off." So they take off, actually. Which I'm like, what a dick move. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so much for friendship. And then uh, they end up back at John Bon Jovi's office, where earlier in the film you have seen that Dodger and the teacher were having some sort of... An affair. But she tells Owen, no, I was there that night to, like, break it off. Yeah, right. And so you're led to believe she's in it for Owen. She's in it to win it for Owen. And um, he gets there... Uh, Dodger's on the phone and she's like, where are you? And I'm coming towards you. He's like, I'm, I'm in the office. Come, you know, come here. It's safe here. And as she's walking, the killer comes behind her and she is killed right in front of him. Uh, and you can, you, you can, you can, she's out of um, sight of the camera just slightly, but you're led to believe like, yep, she's dead. Yeah. And um, then John Bon Jovi bursts into the office and he's like, what, what's going on? Like what? Holding are, the camouflage and jacket, he's like, holding the ski mask. Owen's like, where did you get that? And he's like, I found it outside. I know. I found it. I found it in the stairwell. Um, and Owen has found a gun at this point. Yeah. Cause Dodger told him where the gun was. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know what to do. I believe that John Bon Jovi makes like a move on him yeah. and he shoots him, shoots him dead. Yeah. And then the police come uh, and they all come out, and they're like, "Ooh!" And then, and then we 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 come upon um, Owen's dad, who's like, "It's okay, son. Everything's going to be fine." Well, it was the a big police old, have told us it was a joke. Yeah, the, well, no, no, not yet. The, elaborate... the police have told us that you've actually killed the real murderer of the girl in the woods because he was having an affair with her. Mm-hmm. Some and town slut. You're right. So, like, so they're driving the charges on you. You're going to just have like a year of probation. Yada yada yada. And then a cop comes in the room and he's like, oh, hey, do you mind if I take your son out here because Someone's one of, here to one see of his friends is here? So he goes out there and there's Dodger. And Dodger's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. This is all happened to you. It's all so awful. And I would have never like said anything if like if I hadn't found out that like 
you know, that John Bon Jovi was, was cheating on me with that town slut. Well, that's not what and she then, says. Oh, and, then, and then Owen is like, Owen... Like, no, she like, says something very like... Hold on, though. No, but... And then, like, and then <laughs> that's Owen, not what she says. And, well, wait, but well, whatever. And then Owen, like, a light bulb goes off over his head, and he's like, oh, oh, really? And then, like, he puts all the pieces together, all the pieces together, and there are so many pieces of that little Dodger bitch. Well, they were and playing. Like, they were playing checkers mm-hmm. while she was playing chess. Exactly, and he and he like unravels it for for all of us in the audience, and then all of a sudden we find out that actually the killer all along was Dodger, and she manipulated the situation to get rid of her enemy, yep. who was John Bon Jovi, for exactly. cheating on her. Yep, and she was pissed, and now she wants some English dick. Mm. And but now English he dick, found her out. Yeah, English dick is like, I'm not going for you ever. Well, girl. no, he found fi- he basically says like, you, it was you all, it was you, yeah, it was you. And she's like, well, even if, you, if that's true, even if that's true, who's going to believe you? Yeah. And then bitch turns around and walks out, and he's like, just like left there. And that's the end. And that's the end. And it's actually it's 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 pretty good. Yeah, I so I think that this movie doesn't get talked about barely ever. Um, and I thought it would be a fun one to bring to the table because I know uh, Michael to, Michael hadn't seen it. And back to school. And I think if you had seen it, you probably forgot most I, about. I it. definitely saw it before. It's been a very long time. Yeah. Um, I watched it again today. Um, you can rent it on a number of things. You can get it for like two ninety nine on YouTube, which is how I watched it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a really good movie. Like I think I think it's 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 kind of like um, uh, what is that movie? April Fool's Day, yeah, where sure. you're like led to believe that a lot of things are happening, but it, it's a big old prank at the end, and that's either gonna like surprise you or like really piss you off. Yeah, and I think that's enough. like where this movie gets like the divide that it does. Yeah, and it and it came out in a weird time in 2005 when horror movies were either really big or really miss. Yeah, so um, I, I do want to tell you a little story about um so when this movie came out actually aol partnered with this movie what and they came out with an (laughs) aim based game oh my god of cry wolf where you You would actually i might remember that you would go online and you would pick a character and you would get randomly assigned either a wolf or a, a civilian and through chat through instant messenger you would instant message with random people and oh try to figure God. out who the wolf was i thought that was pretty fun that's actually pretty fun all right i think uh do we want to grade it um yeah do you, want, so, do you have anything else to say about um it? yeah i mean I, I well i guess what i would say is just like i i think actually like i'll well i, I want to talk more about this when we talk about sorority row but what i like about this movie i like i like a number of things about it um i like that it was actually like in in the realm of this type of movie, it wasn't that like exorbitantly out of question. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is something that rich kids at a prep school in New England actually might do. They, they get bored. Yeah. And, and like, it felt like a high school. Mm-hmm. It felt like, it felt like, it felt a little real, yeah. which, which I really appreciated. So I, I, I think that was really good. I, I, I really think like I, I highly recommend it. It was, yeah. it was a good watch. I think it's well done. Some people for, hate. Some people hate this movie. Yeah, even for two thousand five. I mean, there are definitely some problems with it, as there are with any movie. I mean, I think a lot of the problems are with some of the actors. I mean, the acting is yeah, not sure, is not whatever. great. I mean, I think our two leads are good. I think Lindy Booth, who plays Dodger, yeah, sure. is good, and I think Owen is good. I mean, like I already said, Owen's dad has by far the worst English accent on film <laughs> I've ever heard. It's it's so terrible. But you know, whatever. It's fun to watch. Um, it's it's it was good. Yeah, I like it. It's it's a little guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. So, so out of seven stripes for me, 
And as a reminder, we grade all of our movies based on the pride flag. The pride flag has seven stripes, RGBIV. And um, <laughs> they came on a little slow there. I know. I've had a lot of wine tonight. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this one a solid five and a half. Oh, that's pretty high, actually. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching. Um, I'm coming in around a five. That's cool. Yeah, I, th- I think those are two good ratings, I, and I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. People yeah. should watch it. And I think if you definitely were an aim kid, oh yeah, you'll get like, this. This is right up your alley. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like like younger people, you might not get you might not it get it just because like you're not used to like actually having to wait for anything. anything. <laughs> um, but if you were us and you had a Nokia and like you had like, or like your porn was just a series of JPEGs. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like, and like you had like in your phone, like a total of like 30 contacts max, like you'll, you'll get this. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it but, was fun. All right. I so think cry wolf. We'll you take rent a, it in a number of places. Go for it. We'll take a small, small break and come back with sorority row. Andrew, can I have more wine? Mm. should our audience get more wine yes absolutely Got it. with okay. you i'm not sure all right good. <laughs> so uh we'll be right back Welcome back to Friday the 13th, episode 9. I'm Maddie. I'm Andrew. And we're on our second movie, our final movie of this episode. Sadly, mm-hmm. someone didn't get out and see The Nuns, so we're not going to cover that at length. <laughs> listen, I've been really busy, bitch. Yeah, so have I. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, I got a lot of drama. All right, so uh, our next movie we're going to be talking about is Sorority Row. Sorority Row. Sorority Row 2009, not to be confused with The House on Sorority Row. On which this movie was based? Uh, loosely. But it was. Yeah, loosely. Yeah, it was. Um, so, uh, Sorority Row, like, let's, uh, why don't you go ahead and try to okay. summarize this. My one. summary is this. A group of sorority sisters try to cover up the death of their house sister after a prank gone wrong, so- only to be stalked by a serial killer. Now, I read that straight from the IMDb synopsis, because I'm not good at synopses. We, we've learned that in all these nine episodes. So that's my synopsis. Mm-hmm. If you want to add on to that, I welcome you to do that. Or we can just start exploring the movie. I, I want to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. No, uh, we started a party yeah. uh, at Theta Pi. Theta Pi. And I do have to ask you, uh, Maddie, yeah. um, do you uh, trust, respect, honor, secrecy, and solidarity with me? Um, within our own sorority mm-hmm. called um, Suck a Dick, <laughs> um, which is an actual Greek sorority. Don't get me wrong. Sukadik. Sukadik. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are in the sorority slash fraternity house because we welcome everybody called Sukadik. And at Sukadik, those are actually our tenants of membership. Especially so, yes. secrecy and solidarity. Yes, we are in for it. Welcome to Sukadik. So uh, this Sukadik. is a this is a um, a rare uh, acting gig by Audrina Patridge of the Hills. 
Uh, and she... Rumor Willis. Well, Rumor Willis has actually been in a lot now. Well, let me but... tell you, she won an Oscar for this one. <laughs> that scream, girl. She's really good with that vocal. Uh, so, Audrina Patridge has found out that her boyfriend is cheating on her, and nobody cheats on a Theta. So, we're going to play a prank on nobody him. Nobody cheats on a Theta. And she, uh, basically, they're making out. She throws up on him, has his convulsing. Uh, he freaks out. They think that she's Oh, my God, dead. she's dead. Dying. Oh my god. And uh my favorite character, Jessica. Oh my god. Like, We're gonna go and take her somewhere. Like we can't have this on us. And keep in mind, Adrena Padrid is totally alive. Yeah. Yeah. So Well um, and and she's having this convulsions because what's her face gave the dude some fake roofies to yeah, give her. Her brother. To, like, yeah. Like to like to like get back at him for all this. I shit. actually really like Chugs too. She's yeah, I know she's good. she's good. Um, so they take her up to an abandoned uh, mine shaft where uh, he is convinced that she is actually dead, and they're like, "Well, we got to get some rocks to." <laughs> I love the line where she's walking away and she's like, "All right, everyone, split up and look yeah. for sharp rocks to dismember yeah. the body." <laughs> I know. Well, and she's like, "Well, what do we do? Should we just dump her here, or should we dismember the body?" <laughs> And they're like, oh, let's dismember her. And so she says that, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and meanwhile... Um, of course, old boy is, like, so freaked out that he's like, oh, fuck. And would so- you really pull this kind of prank on your brother? No, I wouldn't. Um, and it's a good lesson to not pull pranks on anyone, quite frankly. Um, and so old boy is, like, so disturbed by all of this that he takes the tire iron. Well, first of all, we should mention, because this plays a big part in the movie, that yeah. um, uh, the girl that is faking being dead puts her phone down and records the whole thing. Yeah. And she's like, is it done yet? And <laughs> one girl's like, shut up, dummy, you're supposed to be dead. Shut up, you're dead. You can't talk. And so old boy is like so disturbed and everything. He takes the tire iron, and it's one of those like like it's it's like a tire iron that isn't just like a crowbar. It's like the four. It's like, it's like yeah, it's got like it's like a cross kind of thing basically. And so he takes this fucking tire iron and like stabs her like directly in the fucking heart with it. Well, I think what he says is that he wanted to let all the air out of her lungs so she wouldn't rise to the top in the water. <laughs> Girl, shut the fuck up, you dumb piece of shit. So anyways, he does this, and of course, the girl who was really not dead, it was just a prank, is now fucking definitely Real dead. dead. Like, she really dead. And so they fucking put her down that goddamn Well, hole. they have a discussion where they're like, what are we going to do? What do we do? This, it's, it's very much, I know what you did last summer, conundrum. Right. And, and somebody's like, oh, but my dad's a senator. Like, what yeah. do I do about this? All of the girls, basically, except for Cassidy, who's kind of our quote-unquote main character. Yeah. Uh, she's the only one that's like, I'm not participating in this. I'm, I'm going to call the police. She plays the Jennifer Love Hewitt I'm character. not going to do it. Um, and they're like... Uh, they put her down the, the well and then they come back and they're like, we won't tell anybody, Cassidy, what you did. And she's like, wait, what are you talking and about? And they're like, oh, by the way, Cassidy, we wrapped her up in your bloody sweatshirt. Yeah, so in your coat. We're so sorry that you did this, but we won't tell anybody. Ooh, Cassidy's it's like, oh my God, I didn't even do anything. And they're all like, Thanks, Cassidy, for supporting us, for your, supporting your Theta sisters. Secrecy and solidarity. Yeah, and so, like, the, you know, and that's how the movie goes. It's it's all downhill from there. Yeah, we get um, the first death. Is the first death the girl in the shower, or is it um, Chugs? The first death, of course, is Megan. The second death is actually Dr. Rosenberg. Oh, yeah, so it's Chugs' moment. Exactly. And Chugs... Um, so Chugs goes to see her and fucking, the like... They- her fucking therapist. Well, the reason they call her Chugs is because she's always drinking. Yeah. Uh, it's like me. You don't call me Chugs. Not to you. No, person. you just call me idiot. <laughs> um, 
there's a really funny scene where she's making out with a freshman and he's like, you taste like, like vomit. And she's like, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, uh, she Your phrase has barbecue sauce on it. <laughs> another movie. Sorry. For another day. Different movie. We'll do that one later. That's a fry gave favorite. I think red hot American summer. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I love that movie. Um, so anyway, uh, Ch- they're having like the big going away party. Cause they're all graduating. It's like a year, like six months later, a year later, yeah. everyone's uh, distraught, but moving. And everyone's like, Oh, it's been a great year. We but, get- we, but we can't forget our dear Megan. Yeah. And so like, they're all outside, outside of the sorority. Well, house. we get introduced to Andy, who is the boyfriend of mm-hmm. Cassidy. Yeah. Uh, and, did you recognize who he was played by? You know, I think he's played by the same guy that plays Owen in Cry Wolf. You Only are this time, he not English girl. And he's British in real life, I think. He is British in real life. But I, I will he's say... All, he's all grown up. I will say for a second, though, in Cry Wolf, there are... Well, like, like for like multiple seconds... You do actually question, like, is that a real English accent? Oh yeah, for sure. Michael asked or, me right after we we're done or, watching like, it. Like, are you just like putting this on? Because I can't tell where you're from in England, and yeah. I'm actually pretty good at that. This kid is like, he's all over the place when mm-hmm. it comes to that accent. So there's something up with his voice. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's in this, and he's American. And there's a running gag in this movie with a phone, too. Yeah. Uh, that she is constantly checking to see where he is. Because uh, they all they want to do is get through this party and leave. Like, yeah. that's they want nothing to do with the sorority anymore. They just want to get through this. They just want to, like, get their lives, like, on. Mm-hmm. Move on. They don't want to hold the secret. They just want to, like, go. And so after the commencement speech uh, for the, the sorority, they decide, uh, Chugs decides, I'm going to go get some... I don't know what she'd like roofies or something. I don't remember what she says she's going to get, but yeah. she's going to get something from her doctor. And uh, they go to, she goes to the doctor's house. He's actually like tied up in the bed. No, not, not roofies. She's just like going to get like Adderall or something. Something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's tied up in the bed and she's like walking around. I, I love the line. She's like, uh, Dr. Rosenbaum, I don't have time for catch me, kill me or catch me, right. rape me. Yeah. And so um, she, she goes into his like office, quote unquote, and old bitch, Dr. Rosenberg is like handcuffed to the bed. Yeah. So like, listen, everybody, he is not a real therapist. No. He is like having sex with all of his patients, quote unquote, like clearly just like to like pass out drugs. Yeah. And so taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, and she's like, "Where are the keys?" And he's like, "Whatever, whatever, whatever." And she and goes. So, in the, the, she goes in the bathroom to one of my like all time of the entire movie because she has a bottle of wine with her. Yes, and she looks in the mirror, takes a huge swig, and she just goes, "Cheers, slut." <laughs> you know, have you ever said that to yourself in the mirror? Uh, I probably have. I th- I think that I actually have too. So we're 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 all kindred spirits, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because um, you know what you're about to do. Yeah. And it ain't good, but you're going to do it anyway. Uh, he gets Dr. Rosen. Is it Rosenbaum or Rosenberg? Rosenberg. 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 Uh, he gets killed, but she doesn't Either way, see he's it. Jewish. She comes out and is like, yeah, I don't have time for this. Like, And she gra- she goes and sits on the couch with a bottle of wine, tips it up, and then the killer fucking rams the bottle yeah, down her it's, throat. It's actually one of the cooler kills in any in any like it's, horror movie it's ever. It's rough. Because I imagine that like if a killer came after me, that's how I would die because I'm also constantly drinking. <laughs> and so like if it's going to be like a bottle of whiskey or a bottle of beer or a bottle of wine, either way, 
my gag reflex is gone anyway. <laughs> so like he's gonna jam that. He just jams down. Thing you're like now. so. And it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not dead yet, idiot. <laughs> And he's like, boom, boom, boom. Okay, now you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, and then we, we get a couple of uh, random scenes where one girl's in the shower and she overhears that they killed Megan and then she gets killed. Um, I mean, there are a lot of kills in this movie. Yeah, no, there, it's good. There are nine kills in this movie. Do you want to run through? I don't... I don't we, Let's let's speed up this process yeah, a little because sure. I'm dragging my feet a little bit. But yeah, do you want to I mean, go, I mean, go through the big kills. Well, I mean, pretty much everybody in like the conspiracy group gets killed, right? Yeah, and so the one actress I cannot stand, which, which is one? the one that plays Megan's sister. Oh, who she's is such she? a bad actress, Maggie. Uh, I think Megan Blair. Do, 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 do. There are so many people that killed. So, so after after Chugs, Joanna dies. Yes, it's Maggie, uh, played by Nikki Moore. She gets stabbed in the head by a tire iron, impaled impaled by her chin. Uh, then Mickey dies, played by Max Hennard. He's uh, kind of cute. Neck gets, I was totally cute. Then Claire Wen dies, played by Jamie Chung. Gets shot in the mouth with a fucking flare gun. Ch- uh, jo- uh, Chun, Jamie Chun. Yeah, of Real World. Fame. Oh, that's right, right. Yeah. So then the next kill. Is Mrs. Crenshaw, which played Mrs. By... Well, wait, wait, hold on. This is <laughs> Mrs. Crenshaw is the house mother of the sorority of Theta Pi, and she is played by none other than Carrie fucking Fisher, and like badass Carrie Fisher, like, like total badass Carrie Fisher. She also gets impaled on the tire iron. Then Kyle dies, pay, played by Matt well, Lanter. Well, let's stop here for a second. Okay. Because uh, we should mention that they start getting threatening um, phone calls and pictures on their phones. Yeah, right. And they're being beckoned up to the well where um, they killed Megan. They discover that Megan is not in there. And uh, they're like, she's alive. And they're like, that's not possible. She's alive. Uh, and then they think it's Chugs' brother. It wasn't. <laughs> they run him over. <laughs> Jessica yeah. just runs him over and is like, get on with it. It's sad. And then uh, the last person to, to die is Jessica Pearson, played by Leah Pipes. She is also stabbed by the tire iron in the mouth. Uh, I want to point out a little thing in this movie that's kind of okay. weird. Sure. Did you notice that all of the women die in some way, shape, or form around their mouth? Yeah, makes Orally. sense. Orally? Isn't yeah. that weird? I mean, it, it's definitely weird. I wonder if that's coincidental or if it's supposed to mean something more. Well, I mean, it's a weird movie about, like, sex and women and men and, like, murder. And, like, college. And college. So, I mean, like, it's not, it's not a surprise that, like, the onus is on, like, the women to be, like, the slutty people. Yeah, and this it's funny because the, these it's parties... Bullshit. These parties and stuff that they have, this is what I thought college was going to be like. <laughs> See? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about that right now. Yeah. You know, that's back to Cry Wolf, right? I think that Cry Wolf did a good job of, like, creating a, like, high school atmosphere. I think that with Sorority Row, it falls victim to, like, that college movie kind of thing. Sure. Where they put college at 100. Like, they got, like, oh, a trampoline in their gonna living room. There's going to be a trampoline room. and a foam party and yeah. a DJ. And it's going to be the craziest thing in the world. And like, don't get me wrong. I had some crazy fucking parties in college. Like, I had a shaving cream wrestling party once. Gross. We had a mud wrestling party. Even grosser. There was, there was literally a barbecue sauce wrestling party once, too. I mean, in my, in my fucking spring semester of my junior year... We had a party every single weekend. 
that was like a fundraiser for something. Mm-hmm. And we would always have like a hundred people come in. We would charge everybody. Like it was insane. We always had crazy themes. It was totally fun. Must be nice. Blah 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 blah. But like I worked even at, I worked restaurants all through college. Yeah. So I didn't have we were, that experience. We were really busy partying. Um <laughs> but like even like that experience is never what I see in a movie. Like in movies True. It's, it's always like a it's like a hundred percent college. Yeah. And like the thing about about Sorority Row that like that like kind of irks me is like I think it's a really good story, and like, I think it's like a it's a good concept. I wish they would have played it maybe a little more realistic. Well, I don't think I think it's meant to be fun. Well, well, it's meant to be and fun, but it's also like, it's also about like murder. And, and let's shit. be like, I mean, like let's like, be on. let's be real here. This is not really your kind of movie. No, it's it's not. Fair enough. I made you watch it. <laughs> well, I mean, but also I I had watched it before. Yeah. Funny enough, I just want to say this really quick. I watched it with my ex-fiance, um, and that ended two years ago this week. That's all I want to say about it. Ooh-wee-oo. And also, I hope that Shamu kills you, you son of a bitch. Every <laughs> all right, day, all right. <laughs> every day I pray for no Shamu no to death. eat your head. But regardless of that, that was the last time that I watched this movie. And I remember, oh, like, I remember, I remember watching it and like... I remember genuinely having fun watching it. That's right? like that's my big thing with this movie. I think it's got good kills. Yeah. I think it's got decent gore. Well, and like as soon as you see Carrie Fisher too, you're like, oh my god, Carrie Fisher. The own the the biggest problem I have with this movie is the motivation of the killer. The motivation of the killer, and also the skill of the killer, because like. Girl, okay. he's flipping that tire on around, yeah, like, throwing like, it. What fucking like crazy ass like white supremacist ranch did you grow up on? Where they like taught you like you're okay, you're going to be the tire iron killer, mm-hmm. and you're going to know all about. This. Oh, we should mention that the like, tire iron, the tire iron has been quote unquote pimped out with like knives. And yeah, stuff like I mean, like it was. I think that part's a little much. Yeah, it's just kind of fun though. I mean, okay, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. So with, we with, find like, out. Anything, we right? find out. Spoiler alert that andy cassidy's boyfriend who you think has left town because his little ping on his phone shows him like 30 nope. miles away he's not but gone. he is the killer and the motivation for the killing tell us why is that he just doesn't think his friend like her friends are very good people and like he's basically it's all in the, it's all in the comp it's right in his yeah. in his valedictorian speech at the very beginning of the movie he said the the, the your character is based on the company you keep so that is why he wants to kill all of her sorority sisters yeah he's basically just bored yeah <laughs> um and so and he, he wants just, and he wants her to like all to himself yeah type thing. he's he's a fucking freak i mean I, I i do think that that the film brings up some actual like like it brings up some serious points like it brings up like drug abuse and it does bring up like sexual assault yeah and it brings up like you know roofies and like date rape I mean, there are some like some actual very serious themes in this horror movie that is like supposed to be fun. Yeah, I get that. Um, and those are things that you know, maybe it's good that people watch it because like they need to think about it a little bit. Sure. Um, sure. Some of my favorite quotes, if I may read them for uh, you. Uh, that's the other thing about this, is that this movie is full of fucking quotable things. I, uh, there's a moment where Jessica is talking to Maggie, and she goes, I'm going to deal with you later. And then Maggie goes, <laughs> you might want to deal with that hair first, because it looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> that's so stupid. 
uh, another Jessica moment because Jessica's like my absolute. She's like my absolute favorite in this movie. She's such a bitch, and I love it. She's a slut. I I want to be her when I grow up, and I want. <laughs> Girl, you already are her. Um, maybe we have a spirit connection. Come on. Um, there's also a part where Ellie is freaking out because she thinks Megan is like back, and she's like, oh, "Megan's back! Megan's back!" And then Jessica's like, uh, she basically goes, "Ellie, no one is dead." Well, Megan. <laughs> <Just like>. <laughs> <laughs> I I think this movie's. I I think the dialogue for the most part's really smart. It's quippy. It's yeah. it's got a good story. I like it. I think it's a, a solid it's movie. Um, if you're looking for something to watch with your friends on a Friday or Saturday night, yeah, right. It, right. I think it could be a fun, good time for you if you're looking for something yeah, with, like, with a lot of like, depth and a lot get, of <laughs> like two big handles of vodka and like a bunch of like you know mixers, gummy just, bears, like, yeah, and just like fucking like get get wasted and watch this movie yeah it's like, fun with, with, like, like like with your besties though and then we get the stinger at the very end because we thought that chugs's brother was dead uh-uh. and he also tried to commit suicide nope. as well <laughs> this guy is not having a good life he's really not yeah. and uh we think he's dead and at the very end uh, you see a uh scarred uh wrist come down in the in so you're like oh is he alive who's that and then are we doing sorority row two but never happened so it didn't happen i don't think they ever meant it to i think it was just kind of a yeah. it's a horror movie ending you know so why don't you give this movie a rating um out of rating out of seven 3.5 being middle ground yeah i think this movie's like a solid like 5.5 oh yeah. really okay i'm gonna give it a 4.5 that's fair yeah which is so each fun. their own Still good, you know. Watch it. Get drunk. I've I've, it. I've definitely seen this movie way more times than I should. Have. You yeah yeah you have. This um, is one of those ones that if we uh, it, if we used to come home late from the bar, like <laughs> you know back in the day when this first came of out, course, yeah. I would always pop this in for some reason. Right. I don't know why. Either but, this or slumber party. I mean massacre. also also too like you know watch this just if if anything watch it for Carrie Fisher. Like come yeah. on, she's a badass in it. Um, speaking, you think I'm of, afraid of you? I live in a house with fifty right. f- fucking bitches. Speaking of slumber party massacre, um, we are going to be talking with the boys in North Carolina soon. If they don't get swept away by this hurricane, cocktail party massacre, Brock and Pickens. Um, Brock and Pickens. Um, first of all, too, it is Thursday, um, and it is the week of Hurricane Florence, and so we just want to say that we are thinking about you and everybody down there. Um, hope that you're staying safe. I know that you're in the middle of the state, so hopefully that keeps you guys safe. Um, and we are very much looking forward to having some fun with you guys very soon. Showing up to that cocktail on, party. On the airwaves. Yeah. Um, right. where, where it is guaranteed that I will definitely die in the cocktail party because I never get anything right. Nor can I do any sort of synopsis as we've already covered in this episode. Yeah, we'll see. But we love you guys. Yeah. All right. So we'll take our final break and we'll be right back with Slice Left, Slice Right. Yay. Welcome back to our final segment, folks. It's Friday the 13th, and this is Maddie. And Andrew. So we are here with one of our favorite segments to do. It's called Slice Left, Slice Right. And can you tell us the rules of Slice Left, Sure, Slice it's, right? Girl, it's just like Tinder. Um, you know, if you don't like the person, you slice left. 
you don't if you like the person you slice right got it but because we're a horror podcast we say slice instead of swipe because we don't slice the ass and that's why it's clever so slicing left and slicing right we're going to go through some people that we talked about tonight and we're going to slice left or slice right on them so andrew pose me one go ahead all right we're going to start with the villain of sorority row Andy, who's played by Julian Morris. Okay, so he's just popped up my Tinder then, right? Yep. Okay, he's popped, up, he's popped up my Tinder. He's got, like, the tire iron, like, in his hand. I'm gonna slice right on him, um, because I think he's really cute, and I love a good Englishman. You know that about me, mm-hmm. and I am so in for it. I don't care if he's a killer. I'm slicing right. I'll slice right. I feel like he is looking out for me. I mean, he's taking out my bad friends, so. Yeah. I mean, sure. And he's cute, too. <laughs> Okay, um, in your Tinder, pull up your iPhone right Got now. it. Okay, you got your iPhone up. Did you open Tinder? Yeah. Okay, is it open it's right, right now? Right, it's okay. right oh, oh, here. Oh, oh my God, look at your Tinder. Because John Bon Jovi just showed up on your Tinder. Because he was Mr. Walker. Yeah. From, um, Cry, from Wolf. Cry Wolf. So are you gonna? what are you going to do with John is Bon it, Jovi? Is it John Bon Jovi in that movie or is it John Bon in that Jovi movie. now? Uh, Mr. Walker. Um, He's got like a sweater vest on. I know. He has a blazer sometimes. He's got that and he's got that hair. It's just not as flippy. Hair. It's not as flippy. But it's as like occasion. always John, John Bajabi's hair. Um, How you slice him? He seems kind of boring. I think, I'll, and he cheats on people. So I think I'll slice left. Who gonna slice left on John Bon Jovi? Yeah, he doesn't never really done anything for me. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm gonna slice right on John Bon Jovi. Okay. You want to know why? Because I want that goddamn story, girl. <laughs> I want to tell everybody I fucked John Bon Jovi. I fucked John Bon Jovi, everybody. <laughs> not not really, but... In my dreams. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so your next choice is uh, Tom from Crywolf, who is played by Jared Padalecki. Slice right. <laughs> Didn't even let me Slice get Slice right. <laughs> On Jared Padalecki all the time. He's yeah. so hot. Slicing right on him. Yeah. I don't even care. I don't have to explain it. Jared Padalecki is so good looking and he's so hot. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm especially right in uh, the Friday the 13th remake. Good night. Yeah, that's pretty good. Good night. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'll slice right. Yeah, definitely. Got it. Um, so you have your Tinder open still, I see. Um, you haven't talked to anybody um, but oh, 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 hey, oh, there's Adam Barry who plays Danny in Sorority Row. Slice right. He's slice, hot. Yeah, totally. And he, looks like he, and he takes off his shirt by the hot tub, and he's like, yeah. I am so in for that, too. I am Listen, right. Listen, if it's good enough for Jamie Chun, it's good enough for me. Thank you, Jamie. Oh, you got one more. Oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, it's a, Larry, a special one. It's Larry Nasser from Michigan slice State. Left, slice left, slice yeah, left, slice left, slice left, immediately. Listen, I'm not just slicing left. I am, like, slicing left. And I am cutting your like, ass, I actually, Larry like, Nasser. Look, like, look at this right now. Yeah, I, I'm on my Tinder. Right, delete app. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like deleting your app. I'm blocking you, and I am like actually cutting the cord from the internet and from all of the world. Yeah, and I'm sending. I'm you going into the to hell. I'm going to the universe of, of. I'm going to the universe of a quiet place where I just yeah. don't have to talk anymore. Yeah, we just, we we hate you. Yeah. So that's slice right, slice left. <laughs> and we are not going to slice left on any of you, our dear listeners, because we're going to slice right on you all the time. Yeah. But also, this does end our Well, night. I want to give a couple of shout outs. Oh, it is, oh yeah, yeah. you know, actually, shout outs are a good idea. Um, there are a couple of podcasts that have called us out, and I listen yeah, to them, so yeah. I want to give them some love. A little bit of love. Um, so I first want to start with, actually, one of our local friends. Yes. Uh, they are out in Schaumburg. 
the Gore Score. Gore Score. Uh, they have talked about us at length, and they're really great. They're, people. they're they're really nice, and they they give us a lot of compliments. So, and we hope we see you at Days of the Dead in November. Yeah, and then uh, the other one, I'm not sure if I've called them out before, but meh, what the fuck? Gayish? Uh, no. Um, uh, but they're good too. Gayish. Yeah. Yep. Um, the blood buddies. Oh, blood buddies. Yes, I like absolutely. the blood buddies quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and they are good friends of ours on the, uh, interwebs. And, so. and also as a reminder, we are a proud member of Legion podcast network. Mm-hmm. So you should definitely check out Legion There's some great shows on there. Wonderful uh, shows. Devour the podcast, cinema beef, cinema psyops. Uh, there's a ton. If, if on you're, there. if you're into horror, podcast beyond like the gay thing like you need to check out legion yeah because it's some really good shit and i am so happy because i'm going to nashville next week and i will be seeing our dear leader of legion awesome bo ransdell and i do want to um encourage people like we did last episode to go onto patreon and look up legion podcast network and subscribe. You literally only have to give a dollar or two. Those are the only options we yeah. give you. And it just helps us pay for our server costs. Not us personally, but our, our, our dear uh, Bo Ransdell. Yeah. And it just helps him uh, make the network better, get people better equipment, uh, send them to conventions yes. to get more content for and you. And send us to conventions. Yeah. And oh, uh, oh, oh, I will sell I you have, that. Well, uh, well, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Um, for only $2, you will get special commentaries from different hosts on uh, Legion Podcast. There's currently one up. We just did it. We did it's it. Us. It's us. So if you like us and you like Children of the Corn, which we just reviewed last time, we do a play by play yeah. watch and comment. So it's, it's sort of like a mystery science theater three thousand, mm-hmm. like of us like doing a play us by and play. Bo. It's so much fun. It was we had the a great time. It was doing the first that. time that we got to connect with Bo yeah. in, in you know in quote unquote real life. Yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. And um, I, can I just mention one, one more yeah. one more podcast? Too? No, I was I was gonna do one more too. Yeah, we also we just did um, uh, a guest spot. Um, oh yeah, with, this is what I was gonna say with, okay. with with Patrick Walsh on Scream Queens. Yeah, if you don't know Scream Queens, Patrick Walsh has been doing the show for. Like, don't date him. Well, no, I'm, I'm just gonna say. Like, I mean, it, it, I think it's important to say. Like he's been doing it for like nine years. Yeah, and he has so much content. He is so dedicated to like this like cause of podcasting. And Homeboy's smart. He's so smart. He's wonderful, and he has truly been like our 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 fairy podfather. And he's wonderful. Um, we had a great time talking with him about a movie called End of the Line. Which, if you've never seen, oh, is really, really great. Get out there and see it now. We had so much fun doing that. So, you know, as, as always, Patrick, thank you for having us on. And if you have not listened to Scream Queens, and that is Scream Queens, Q-U-E-E-N-Z. Uh, it Look is at absolutely you spelling wonderful. this late in the night. I know. <laughs> I can hardly even count, but I can still spell. Um, listen to li- listen to Patrick. Subscribe to his podcast. Listen duh. to all those podcasts; they're all good, right? They're all our friends. So I hope that you all had fun with us tonight. Yeah, sorry if it was a little bit of a downer, but you know, life in horror I'm not sometimes sorry. is. <laughs> sometimes life sucks. Uh, make sure to follow us on all of our social media streams. You know, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and hey, if you like us, don't forget to rate and review us, especially on iTunes. That would be super it helpful. Really helps us on the algorithm. Super, super duper helpful. Remember, we're always free. We're cheap. <laughs> Because we're free. We're cheap and easy. <laughs> and we're always easy because we're cheap and easy and free. 
I love you. I love you. <laughs> I think that's enough. Why don't you go ahead and say good night? Do I love everybody? I think so. I, I love everybody. Good night, listeners. All right, everyone. Don't forget to get slayed. Get slayed. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp.